0: Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash, and let's dive into a new episode. Case Lane is a global writer, entrepreneur, podcaster, and the founder of Ready Entrepreneur. Her business prepares aspiring entrepreneurs to understand how to take advantage of technology and global resources to achieve lifestyle freedom by starting their business online. A former diplomat, consultant, and corporate executive, Case has been educated in communications, political science, business, law, and economics, and has lived, studied, or worked in 11 different countries, and I am so excited to share her with you today, and we are going to learn her 10 steps for creating an online business and how to promote the business by being a podcast guest. Finding a podcast that is the right fit can be so overwhelming but Case has mastered it and shares all of her secrets. You guys sit back and get your notebook and pen ready because this one has so much value. If you don't have time or you're walking or driving and you can't sit with a pen and paper, just go to the show notes. I'll have all the links for you there as well as all of the details summarized for you. Enjoy and please, if you will, Leave me some feedback. I'd love to know what you think about the episode. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaways were. You can drop me a message on Instagram. You can come into the Female Entrepreneurs Insider Facebook group and join us there for further discussions. And I look forward to it. I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the show and have a great afternoon. Case Lane, welcome to the Second Phase podcast.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
0: You have had quite a journey. You are brilliant, in my opinion. And I'm fascinated by your focus Mm -hmm. and where you're putting all of your energy to not only help other entrepreneurs, or should I say, people in general, build online businesses Mm -hmm. that are set up for success, but you have an interesting perspective on the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And even before 2020, when COVID, caused us to go into quarantine and start working and doing everything we do virtually Mm -hmm. through technology, you had a view of what the world was transitioning to and how technology was becoming a focus. And you've written a series, a thriller series about this that is fiction. I haven't read the books yet, but they remind me when I was reading about them of like 1984 which is so in the midst of everything I think we're experiencing in 2020. So I think you were wise before the time. And then you also have your other book, Mm Recast. And that is more for helping individuals build their online business. So I think you have so much to offer my listeners, and I am super excited to have you here and to learn from you. But Let's start with you introducing yourself, Mm -hmm. telling the listeners what your journey has been. I mean, you've done so many things, you've got so many life experiences, and to where you are today and what led you to you know the mission you're on and the information that you're putting out into
1: the world to help others Okay absolutely thanks so much um, I'll probably say it go through a little quicker than normal because you know we might end up talking all day just about the my various phases I grew up in Canada and I was a diplomat in the Canadian Foreign Service so my first major sort of career was as a diplomat I traveled the world and I was working with a lot of people in trade policy so I ended up going to business Business school at UCLA. So that's how I ended up in California. And I went into corporate America from there. And my last sort of corporate job was in Hollywood behind the scenes. <laughs> I was in operations, but I could clearly see I was in digital media. So this was, you know, there was this thing that used to be called film and tape that a lot of people have forgotten, <laughs> but we literally used to ship those all over the world. And I could clearly see that that we were this technology was moving forward so quickly, and I was spending a lot of time talking to lawyers because they were trying to figure out how do you quantify the value of what we're making, what we're owning, what this intellectual property is in this world where it's sitting in a server. And we all know what happens to film after a hundred years. We don't know what happens to data after a hundred years. Going back, thinking about high school, so I was like, I always wanted to be a lawyer. If I go to law school, I can participate in this debate at a much higher level. I went to law school thinking I was going to do global digital media policy. I got to law school, nobody knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and so for all of you parents paying for law school, nobody was paying for my law school. But if you're paying for law school just for, or any other you know academics remember they're running a few years behind. But what I started doing was ebook self-publishing. So this is when I started my first foray into online business was to begin publishing novels. You're talking about a series that I wrote called the Life Online series. And so the book one was published in twenty fourteen. So it's called Life Online You know, my description always referred to the near future or something like this. I never expected the future to be 2020. But I wanted to start thinking about, in a fictional setting, how we were going to adapt, how we were going to understand these changes that were coming out. And I was using my experience from the Hollywood executives who didn't even understand what was happening with digital media, thinking about that on a global scale with everything we do, not just with how we... Consume entertainment, but you know now we've seen what could happen. But just you know, and of course, there's the big Hollywood versions of different things that could happen. But you know, the flying cars and all of that. But when I was doing that, I also was fascinated by just the, the technology that allowed writers to go directly to readers through Amazon and Smashwords and these platforms that have been created for free. Like you, <laughs> you hear you had an opportunity to you get your books in front of readers for free, and I realized that this was happening everywhere. That online business was going to change every industry, and so I ended up, you know, people started to ask me what I was doing, and I started focusing more on just this opportunity for online business people. What does this look like to become an online entrepreneur? I ended up getting my law license, I, <laughs> but I did not go to practice law. I focused directly on preparing people because I realized, you know, the internet's full of so much noise. There's all these, yeah, you know, everything could throw it at you, and everywhere's conflicting information. So my role now is to prepare aspiring online entrepreneurs to understand this online business landscape, and then to make good decisions about what you want to do, what platform you want to be on, what kind of products or services you want to deliver, and to just always be delivering value into this new economy that's been created.
0: Oh, my gosh, there's so much information online. And you can become so overwhelmed, and you can spend hours and hours and hours going down that rabbit hole trying to find the answer to one question that it can take you an entire day. So I think people are really blessed to have you. I wish I had had someone to hold my hand 10 years ago when I started out, you know, in business for myself. And then as I've gotten more into the online world, it's really hard to decipher yes. because you have a coach over here telling you one thing and a coach over here telling you something else. And then 10 other coaches saying 10 other different things. And it becomes very overwhelming. It's often hard, I think, to step outside of your own box and look in from the outside to make a decision as to what is going to best serve you and your business. And then the people that you want to serve on top of that. yeah. So I think it's great what you're doing. So one thing I want to mention too, is you also have a podcast yes. called, is it Ready Entrepreneur?
1: Ready Entrepreneur. Yeah. So Ready Entrepreneur is the business I start for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's the podcasting. Yeah.
0: So you're putting forth so much content for, you know, to help other people and to give people that advice and wisdom that they need without having to go down these rabbit holes so i think it's wonderful yeah so let's talk a little bit about your book recast and this is your nonfiction book and you wrote this Absolutely. to guide people and help them to start online businesses so let's talk a little bit about maybe do you have and again i have to confess listeners this was a very spur-of-the-moment podcast interview and so i have not read the book unfortunately, but do you have inside the book any like strategic processes or say like, you know, those top five tips that every person who's starting an online business needs to do?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely what I wanted to address in the book, because just like you, I didn't know where to start when I was starting. Uh, the internet was full of all sorts of noise. There, were everyone It was all contradictory and everything like that. So over these years that I have been doing this and putting together some best practices, I put together actually 10 first steps and I break it into two groups. So in Recast, and Recast, you know, you heard my Hollywood background. So <laughs> the idea is you're playing a new role in your own life. And that's the first thing to think and keep in mind. You know, It is different to be an entrepreneur. It's not what some people think it is. You don't have to be somebody playing in the garage or something like that and building writing code, but you are going to be playing a new role. So you need to think about it differently. So I start with the first five foundational steps and five creative steps. And the first five, the foundational steps are things that people would never talk about. Like just take a deep breath, <laughs> take a step back, survey the scene, like you're saying, and then Get yourself organized now everybody had to scramble to get organized a few months ago but around things like just finding a proper place to work putting your tools around you I feel like when people go to work in corporate for example and age comes along and gives you a place to sit down shows you where the supplies are kept shows you where the coffee is and the water and everything's set it's the way things work well when you go into business for yourself you have to do that for yourself and so a lot of people don't do that and then they wonder why am I distracted today? Well, you know, you because they went to get coffee and never came back. You know, how come I didn't get any work done today? All these things. So I was, get these, you know, get all this out of the way in the beginning. It sounds silly, but it will really help you just to get organized. Your place to work, your tools, remove distractions. And distractions are not just you know the kids running around, the dog barking, and so on. But if you're working in a new place, you might not know what goes on outside during the day. You might not realize there are 20 delivery trucks a day or something like that. So just all of that, and then set up your schedule because again, in regular life, you automatically get a schedule. You don't think you do, but you do. You know what time to get up because you know what time you need to eat your breakfast before going to work and all of that. Mm-hmm. You've done it already. And when you're working on your own, you have to do it for yourself. So set that schedule and stick to it. So I love to talk about lifestyle freedom when you're an entrepreneur, but it's the freedom to organize your life. <laughs> it's, you know, So if you, if you prefer to work early, work early, but you're still going to have to have some time set aside for the work. And then once you've got all that out of the way, now you can get into the work. And that is around first your business idea. And I always say, focus on the value. The best entrepreneurs are delivering some kind of value and doesn't have to always be something serious. Doesn't have to be your work or your education. It could be entertainment, you know, it could be jokes. It could be something like that. What is that value you're delivering? That's what you want to focus on when you're coming up with your business idea and pull it out of your interest. There's nothing better than doing something you really want to do. And because online business is, you know, people call it the grind, but it's not, it's just that you don't know what's going to work. There's the reason all these contradictions are online is because different things have worked for different people. So you don't know what's going to work for you. So the work that you're going to do is to take your idea and try all the different ways that it could work until one does work. (laughs) So you, you don't know how long that's going to take. You don't know how much time it's going to take. So that's why you want it to be something that you're really interested in that you're passionate about, because perseverance is what wins it in the end. It's just the people that you see are successful, the ones that just kept going and going. And I doubt in history that there's a business person who had a one perfect idea on day one. And that's still the idea that they ended up building into a business. You know, you'll see so many stories of of what started out as one idea became something else and something else, something else. So you have your idea, you do your research, you don't get caught up in researching forever. You don't want to get into the analysis paralysis, as they call it. You just want enough information so you can get started. Mm -hmm. You talk to people, connect with people. That's another step. That's a difficult one for a lot of people. They say, oh, you know, the people around me all think I'm crazy. I'm starting a business and so on. So you have to go beyond the people around you, (laughs) trying to find those that are interested, sort of get yourself into, you know, might be Facebook groups where you see what people are talking about, maybe answering questions on Quora. You're trying to figure out that's your research, that's your connect with people. If you do know people personally that you can talk to who started businesses, I always give people roundabout tips because I know people don't want to directly say things to friends and family. So My roundabout tip is to ask people to recommend other people. And it's a little psychological thing because then they'll be like, well, why don't you just ask me? (laughs) So that gives you an opening. Do you remember so-and-so used to live down the street? Are they still in business? Do you have any contact information? Stuff like that. It just, it gives you more momentum. This confidence thing is a big thing, but actually doing the work gives you the momentum to keep moving forward. And then you create your action plan which for me is all the activities you need to do. It really is an action plan. It's always going to be changing. You're always going to be adapting it, but you need those first few things just laid out. Make sure you have a plan about what you want to do and then do that first activity. So the 10th thing is to do the first activity because once you do You'll go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. Remember, you picked a business idea, something you really wanted to do. So you'll have that momentum and you'll keep going. So that's the path that I lay out in Recast with various hints in there about following those 10 steps to go forward.
0: Okay. So let's, you went so fast. So <laughs> I took so many notes, but I only got to five. So I need you <laughs> <laughs> to back backstep just for a second. Can you just do like the high level one through 10?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the first five are the foundational. So you are going to take a deep breath, pick a place to work, gather your tools, everything you want around you, remove distractions and create your schedule. Okay. Okay. And then the next part is the creative part where we'll get into the business. Number one is your business idea. And then you do your research, you connect with others, create your action plan, and then do the first activity on your action plan.
0: Okay. Fabulous. That's great. So that's very succinct. Because you gave so much great information, but I wanted to make sure when I do the show notes in case anyone wants to reference back to that, I can very succinctly list them and (laughs) it's all polished and nice. Yeah. Okay. So now we have basically the foundation for starting an online business. Yeah. And I love how you said, once you do that first activity, then you are going to set yourself in motion to continue action and get the business rolling for success.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: And the other thing I loved that you said was connecting with others and building those relationships so that you're getting information from sources you trust, reliable sources, and you can then decipher that information and make sure that what they're recommending is what is going to align with you and your values and your visions and your passions. So perfect. That's great. Okay. So let me ask you this, because this isn't something you mentioned. So in my mind, because I'm a brand strategist. Okay. All of these things are perfect for laying that foundation, but Mm -hmm. you also have to create your brand, right? You have to build that persona of what other people are going to think of you. And I think that you really laid the groundwork for that when you were talking about making those connections, building those relationships, Mm -hmm. and then setting yourself into action. Because the quicker you put yourself into action, the quicker you're going to be able to build that brand that people can get to know, like, and trust. Right. Okay, so with all of that said, you've done all this, you've laid the groundwork, your business is up and running. Now, how do you promote your business? So we've had guests on before. We had KJ Blattenbauer mm-hmm. and she talked all yeah. about PR and the benefits of PR and how it's free marketing and how to pitch and all those things. I had Michelle Glova back on and we talked all mm-hmm. about how to be a great podcast guest, how to pitch yourself and We talked about, you know, even being a podcast host and all of those things. Mm. And then I just recently interviewed Evette Walker, and we talked all about pitching to the media and how to tell your story so that you can connect with journalists or outlets so that they'll take your story and print it or publish it. Okay, so we've covered all those things in the podcast previous episodes. But what we haven't covered is Mm -hmm. related to podcasts and related to PR is how to find those podcasts that will align with your business and your mission. So that, I mean, we already know being a guest on a podcast is one of the very best ways to reach the masses. It's, it's a great way to get your name out there to get backlinks to your website. It's great for SEO. It's great for name recognition. And it's great for people to understand what your services are and really get to know, like, and trust you because they're learning from you while you're talking to someone that they already trust so as those people trust you you know the host trusts you to come on their show so then the, their listeners are going to trust you which is so fabulous and it's so quick and easy to build relationships from there
1: absolutely but
0: how do we find the podcast to pitch to how do we know which podcast you have a podcast yourself and yeah there are so many podcasts out there and i swear the number of podcasts available to listen to have quadrupled in 2020 because you can buy a mic so yeah. cheap. You know, all you need is Zoom to record or GarageBand or... Audacity. Audacity, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't need that much no. to start a podcast. So they're everywhere. How do we know which podcast and which hosts are going to align with us and our business? How do we find them? Yeah. Like you said earlier, <laughs> without going down this, just, you know, tremendously long rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, you know, you're so right. It, it it's true. In recast, I gave you know the overview, but when you start getting into the details, when you're doing your research and everything, this is when you start to realize what you need to do next. So you get into marketing next for a business, and this is what happened to me. I got it. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at ways to market, and I started looking at podcasts. And like you say, it is absolutely critical now. Podcasts are everywhere. I think there are nearly two million podcasts now. Not all are active. That's one thing I learned. But you know, there's a lot, and they're talking about every subject. And it's such a great way to reach people. But I had no idea I wanted to promote. Recast on podcasts. I had no idea. So I just started getting into it, following my own process, started researching first, going online, Googling it. But I was finding that there was not direct, real, specific information. And this is one of my things, so Having had the corporate life and everything yet, I want to see what is the tactical way that I do this. And so I ended up developing a process around it, but I when I realized that other people want to understand as well. And what I ex- explained to people that this is. You know, specifically around finding, researching, and contacting podcasts. And it is a research process. So you want to use the podcast directories, the search engines and social media to find you're going to need contact information and you're going to need both information about the podcast itself. So where I start is with the podcast directories. And by that I mean the places where you can find lists of podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and so on. But there are also other directories you might not know about like podcast indexed and digitalpodcast.com, which are places where podcasts are listed. The first thing you're going to do though, you have to have your pitch down correctly because you want to come up with categories and keywords that you're going to search for. And the thing about that is the podcast directories are not like Google. They're very limited in their search capabilities. So you're going to have to be thinking more broadly about who might be talking about your topic. If your topic is not something big, or even if it is big, if it's entrepreneurship, if it's health, if it's fitness, these are big categories and you might have something specific. So you have to think about What would people call their podcast? Because you're going to have to search by podcast name. What would they put in the description? So you come up with a list of your categories and keywords, and then you go to the directories and you search by names. Now, you put in your keywords. So you put in your keyword brand strategy, for example, and see which podcasts come up. What I like to do first is just create a list of the first 100 or 200 names that I see. Because as I mentioned, not all of them are active. So you might not, you know, you'll get a lot of search results that might not actually all turn out to be opportunities. And in some of the better directories for this are like Blueberry or Listen Notes where you can actually see a short description of the show when you first do a search. So what you want is a directory that shows you all the names plus a short description of the show. Make your long list, and then you're going to have to search each one one by one. The very first thing you look at is what's the last episode post date? (laughs) When was the last episode posted? (laughs) Because again, most shows do not do a final episode, so you just have to guess. There's no sort of podcast announcement that it's over. (laughs) So I give six months as a podcaster myself, I could see how somebody could be taking a break. Maybe they're coming back later or something like that. So if I see a show that has a really good description, that does interviews that seems to be on my topic, but there hasn't been an episode in the last three to six months, I might still reach out to that podcaster because you never know. Mm So you create your list of names, you look at show descriptions, and then as you search each one, one by one, if I'm searching on the web on my desktop, I like to use Apple Podcasts to search the show for the first time, because when you bring that up, you'll see the description, but you'll also see episode descriptions. Mm -hmm. And that gives you an idea if it's a show that does interviews, because again, you're looking for shows that do interviews. So you can see the last episode post date, you can see if they do interviews, you can see what the topics are. If that all looks good, the next thing you want to do is go to the website of the show or the host. Not every show has them, but most do. And there's where you're going to look for more information, background information. At this point, I'm usually listening to the show as well, because that's when I start listening to see what it sounds like and everything. And then what you want to do is find contact information. Now, some people make that easy. (laughs) Some people have actual forms that you could fill out, you know, as a guest request forms, or they'll put it on the contact page of the website. There'll be a line about, you know, podcast guests, you know, apply here, this type of thing. Some people have just their support at email or their info at email, but yeah, I've used those as well. So you want to do that. And then assuming again, you've already got your pitch and everything together. That's at the point that you reach out to the podcaster and. You might find, you know, this process is more difficult in the sense you're doing it all yourself. You're not just hiring a firm to do it, but here's what you're getting out of it. Direct contact with a podcaster. You're going to tailor your pitch to the, all that research you've done. If you listen to the show, you've seen what kind of episodes they have. You've looked at the website. So you can actually write a tailored pitch. Like you, know, you probably get pitches all the time for people that just don't even sound like they're anything in the realm of what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: Yeah. The best ones are the ones that come from like the agents, you know, the PR agents. And they say, yes, I have a guest and she would be perfect for your show. She does XYZ or he does XYZ. And it has nothing to do (laughs) with like, you know, the second phase or building a personal brand or, you know, life strategies for success. It's so funny.
1: Yeah. But you want to do that tailored, you know, to that. Yeah, Yeah. You
0: want to really tailor it because I mean, this is the deal. If you reach out to a podcast host and our time is so it's the most valuable commodity we have, right? I mean, and podcasting takes a ton of time and energy and focus. So for you to have to waste your time researching someone to see if they're a good fit, it's just not going to happen for most of us. And I know that sounds harsh, but if they're not a good fit, I don't want to go, you know, have to spend my time. right? And then I have to spend my time writing them back and saying, yeah. No, thank you. And I have talked to PR agents, or, you know, there are now specific podcast PR agents. Yes. So that's all they do is focus on getting people on or on podcast. And I've talked to a couple of them. And, they're really good about matching the guest with a host, which is great. But then there are others of them that aren't so good about that. And it really depends on their level of expertise and how much time and energy and how well they're getting to know their clients. So if you can do it yourself, I think it's great because then that person already has great, a great sense of who you are and you immediately get a feel by the way things are written and and everything else. And it's also important, I think, to make sure when you pitch, include all of your social media handles and your website information. Because as a podcast host, we want to know everything there is to know about you. And we don't want to have to go Google you. You know, if, if I get a pitch that's from someone and they don't have their social media handles and I'm having to go look at that, And I will say for me, the number of followers on Instagram does not matter to me. If you have content that is going to help my listeners, that's what I want to know. Now, there are podcast hosts who, they only want people who have a high number of followers because they want, you know, that's their way of getting the word out. To me, that's Mm -hmm. neither here nor there. I don't care. I want solid information that's going to help my listeners. Me too. But I think it's really important to, as you're pitching, as you're giving you know, putting forth the effort, include that information. It's so easy to include. Don't make somebody else do the work for you.
1: Yeah, I I think some people are worried, oh, I don't want to be too long or something like that. And I find that the information you put together should just be good information, saying what you want to speak about, a little bit of background, a couple of topics, you know, things like that, social media information. You don't have to worry about, does it only be three lines long or four lines or two paragraphs or whatever? If it's all good, solid information that the podcast host can look at and make a decision, that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, some podcasts are more storytelling. So if you've got a really good story, if you put in a paragraph there that has all those points in it, that's fine. Like that's what the show is all about. And I haven't found anybody come back and say oh, it was too long or anything like that. Now, most people don't respond. Podcasters these days are getting, you know, lots and lots of requests. So they're not going to respond. So that, and that's not a problem either (laughs) because again, there are 2 million something podcasts. So it could look like the greatest podcast of all time. And that's the one you really want it to be on. And there's other ways to approach podcasts you know you can start approaching them through social media and so on if that you're just so determined to be on one show but if you feel like oh you know ah, it didn't, maybe it's not the right fit, or this podcaster didn't like me, or whatever, then just move on to the next one. Like, there's so many other shows out there to approach that I think you don't worry about it being if, oh, somebody didn't respond after three months or something like that. Just keep going. That's why I say make a long list in the beginning of all the possible shows, and just research them, a few of them each day, reach out to a few each day, and just always have that list that you're working through. I'm sure you won't get to the end. (laughs) There's so many...
0: (laughs) you'll be booked with interviews before you get to the end. So let me ask you this, when you're going through this process, do you look at the number of ratings and reviews that the podcast have as well? Or do you just look at like the number of episodes and the content they're putting out?
1: I really look at content and I don't. I mean, do I see the ratings for you? Yes. Again, if you're looking at Apple, you'll see that right at the top. So, but it doesn't weigh so much because I have seen, you know, I've done so many shows now and I can't even tell you how many ratings and reviews people had. I just, So what a good experience it was. I just know what kind of quality information they have. And this is so exciting. This is for for business people as well to think about how you could use podcasts because this, I think, is a medium that's here to stay. There's going to be more and more of them. They're going to be more and more specific. And so this is an opportunity for so many people to get information they never got before. You know, I talked before the recast process about how you need to connect with people. Well, maybe if you don't know anybody, there's nobody in your life. There's probably 20, 30 podcasts you could be listening to that are giving you the kind of information you're looking for. Um, You're suddenly getting a chance to sit in on conversations that you you were never invited to before. So it's really, to me, it's all about the content. If I see a good podcaster was having great conversations, you know, if it's about entrepreneurship or guest podcasting or, or about thriller writing, I'm now approaching podcasters about my fiction work. So that's what you want to look at. It's just, it's such a great opportunity. It's like a permanent asset because the podcasts live forever. So this is why this is tricky thing with podcasts that are not active, because podcasts actually live forever, (laughs) they don't disappear, unless somebody I guess stops paying the hosting fee. So there's a lot of shows that are sitting out there that are probably going to be listened to over and over and over again, especially some of the really big popular ones. But the show might be over, like the series isn't even done anymore. Mm -hmm. So this is a permanent asset that you get to have, that you can link on your website that you can send to people that, you know, people can hear how you speak all these different things and you need to think of it like that. Like that's why you approach mm-hmm. it this way that this is like a serious research project that you're doing to find the podcasts that are right for you. So
0: when I had Michelle Glogovac on and some of the listeners may remember this episode, but we talked a lot about so once you're a guest, mm-hmm. what do you do? You know, they've accepted you. They've brought you into their world they're sharing you with their listeners and they're giving you an opportunity to really shine and sell your work or your business. You know, that's basically what this is about. It's marketing. So what do you see as part of the responsibilities? I mean, as Mm -hmm. a podcast host, for me, I just ask my guests that they please leave me a rating and review because I think that's just courteous, right? I'm giving you this. So can you give me that yeah. a give and take and then also to share it. Yes. But I think the one thing that I see happens a lot is people are podcast guests and then they forget about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not doing yourself any service if you're a podcast guest and then you walk away from that experience and don't promote it. Right? Yeah. So I think that's one thing that we really should emphasize, because if you have, and I know you do this and I do this too, because to me, it's so valuable to put the show up on your website as, yes, you know, media and PR, because the more people see you've been on other shows, the more likely they're going to have you on their show. And some hosts I've even seen will actually ask, have you ever been on a podcast before? yeah. And if yes, which ones have you been on? And they want to see who you've interviewed with and they will go check them out. So I've even had agencies, when they pitch me, they'll say, oh, they were on this show and you can listen to it here so you have an idea of how they interview. So I think that's a really good reminder for listeners. If you are going to be a podcast guest, create a press page on your website so that anytime you are on a podcast, you link that back yeah. to the episode, yeah. so that people can see that you're reputable, you know, you have interview skills, you have speaking skills, and you have content that other people are finding valuable as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you raised that. Because I was always wondering, why don't people promote the shows? I had heard podcast hosts say this, that people are not promoting. So I started, you know, delving into this, okay, what must be the problem? And I always look for you know, a solution around that. So I think one of the things is you say, yeah, people forget about it, because a lot of shows are doing their recording months ahead of the date that the show mm-hmm. is actually live. And you have no idea when the show is live. So you get an email one day, hey, your show's live. And it's like, oh, now I have to promote it. And it's like, oh, I don't have any plan for it or anything like that, right? And so, and also, every host does things differently. Some hosts will send you a graphic. Some hosts will send you a link. Some hosts will send you an embed code. It's all over the place. So you have to come up with your own promotion plan and and have it ready and just do the same one every single time. So I created in Canva, you know, that's a free site where it has a lot of graphics. Mm -hmm. I created in Canva a template for when I'm promoting someone else's show that I've been on. And so when I get the message that the show is live, I put in their show graphic. If they don't have one, I put in their show graphic. I change the words and I have the, it's all ready to go. And that's what I use to post on Facebook and Instagram that I'm on this show. And if they don't send me a link, I like to link to their website, but if they don't send me that link, I just go to Apple and I pull the link off Apple. And that's my process every time. And if the show is on YouTube, that's one thing you need to know now you have to be camera ready to do a podcast because a lot, <laughs> <laughs> that's surprise, surprise, but a lot of podcasters are putting the shows on YouTube. So if I know that sometimes I don't even know. And so, you, you know, you, I'll go and I'll pull the YouTube link and I'll put that on my website as well. So just mm-hmm. have a process. And then I always say to the podcaster, you know, if I get the email, I'll, yes, I'll be promoting it within the week, because I think within a week you can find the time. If you've got a process all laid out within that week, you'll have the time to go in and be make your little graphic, put it up everywhere, and just even create templates for what you want to say every time, like on Twitter or whatever, just, hey, I was on this show. or And the latest thing I've been doing is you're talking about stuff all the time. You talk about your message, So what I do, if I'm posting about something else related to what I talk about on the show, I refer people back to the show. So I might be promoting Mm -hmm. a show four months later, say, oh, like, this is what I talked about on this show. And then you can use the link again. Yeah, Again, it, it is an asset for both of you, for you, the guest and for the host, and you want to participate in it. So if it sort of throws you off when to do your promoting and what to promote, just have a system in place so that you can then do that and have that, like you say, that back and forth with the host.
0: Yeah, I agree. And another place that I use too is LinkedIn has a feature section. And so I always put the interviews on the feature section because that notifies Okay. even if I don't post the graphic in the LinkedIn as a post in my feed, it's permalink there. So I usually do both on LinkedIn, but I'll make sure that it's permalink there because that just builds your rapport and makes you look Important. Yeah, it makes you look like an expert and an authority in the space you're in.
1: It is good to know what your process is. So if there is like different social media that you like, that's another thing I think people are afraid of. Do I have to promote it everywhere? Promote it wherever you are, wherever, whatever social media you typically use. And oh, and the other thing, you want the host's social media handles as well, so that you can tag them, so that they know. And sometimes that's I just forgot to ask them because obviously not everybody's handle is their name. So or it's right. typed as you know capitals or whatever. <laughs> you're like it's all. Through. So you want and again, if you can't find that information, go to their website, they probably link to their social on their website, you know, just have a process in place of where you're grabbing that information, because you definitely want to tag them to let them know that you're promoting the show.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it really does become a joint effort. And I think, you know, this is important, too, because the more you show appreciation If you pivot your business or you rebrand or you write a new book, you've never written a book before, but you were a guest regarding your business and your processes, and then all of a sudden you've written a book, you want to be able to have an opportunity to go back to them. Yes. You know, you already know them, you already have a relationship with them. Their listeners have already connected with you. So it gives you another opportunity to reconnect with them. And since they've already met you, they're more likely to trust you and be interested in whatever the new product, service book or whatever it is that you have to offer now.
1: Yeah, and that's so important. Also, for this process, I'm talking about where you're doing it yourself, maybe more difficult than asking a firm to do it. But if you're doing it, you make that connection. And then you don't never know what the podcaster might come back to you for I've been invited see three times now to speak to mastermind groups that that podcaster belong to. And I've also I've invited back to do other shows, because they might do a second show about something related, but not exactly the same thing, things like that. You got to remember, you know, people aren't going to disappear. This is an industry that you're in. Now, you're reading out to people who podcast in your industry and you want to stay active, you want to know what people are doing and stay in touch with them. And so you've already developed this one-on-one approach and you can just keep going with it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been such a great conversation. This lights me up because I'm so passionate about my show. And you know, I love podcasting and I love getting to meet so many amazing people. And you know, it's funny when I started this journey, I set out to you know, share stories of people transitioning from phase one to phase mm-hmm. two to inspire other people to do it, yeah. to overcome that fear, or, you know, just to find hope and strength and courage to move on to, to do something that they've always dreamt of doing.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: you know, the people that I've gotten to meet have been so remarkable and so many different walks of life. And it's just fascinating. So thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for giving us so many bits of information related to starting an online business and then approaching that business, you know, through podcasting and becoming a guest so that we can really put additional value into the world, right?
1: Absolutely. I think that's
0: one of the messages that you say is that we need to keep the humanity in amidst all of this technology. And yeah. I think podcasting is a great way to do
1: that. Absolutely. Like I say, you know, you're listening in on conversations you might not have had access to before. There's a lot of podcasts that are what I call teaching podcasts. You know, you have to sit there and take notes with them. So it's just so much great information. And, and I think that's great what you're doing. And it's just so important. I think for so many listeners, this is your big opportunity to get this information and use it. Use it to create your online business, build and grow your business and your brand and just be able to have that kind of success that you know before just wasn't possible because simply because you didn't have the information
0: yeah okay case please tell the listeners where they can find you how they can connect with you where they can buy your book and i will put all the links in the show notes so if anyone listening wants easy access or once a recap of anything that case has said, just go to the show notes the links will all be there, but please go ahead and tell them just in case.
1: Yes. Come over to readyentrepreneur.com. You can join the community on any page of the website. And I keep you up to date with tips and strategies and ideas for aspiring entrepreneurs, for building an online business. And you can find all of my books are everywhere that eBooks are sold. Uh, You can find on amazon.com, the fiction, the nonfiction, it's all there. And I do have links. So the summary of Recast is just a 10-point summary, uh, which is a free download. And there's also will be a link for the podcast, uh, for guest podcasting, which is also a, just a summary, a checklist of the 10 things to do. So those links you'll have. And absolutely, you know, go ahead and download those. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. And uh, also a contact Case at readyentrepreneur.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, the brand marketing insider please spread the word about the second phase podcast until next time remember to smile